Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast, the podcast that talks about one Pearl Jam album every year. My name is Pete. <laughs> My name is Bob. Uh, Pete, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I um, just wanted to uh, let you know... Um, I got your number from uh, a list a friend provided. Uh, We just wanted to see if you are ready to join us in the holy church of Eddie Vedder (laughs) and see if you're willing to join our ranks. Um, You know, no pressure, no code. Just just want to see if you're ready to to join us here. Yeah, you know, um, I have a lot to say about this album. So uh, you want to come in, have a cup of coffee? Maybe we'll talk about it for a minute. You know I'm here for it. Pete, how you doing? Tell me, tell me, how's your week going? Week is, uh, work stuff is kind of rough, but I bought a plane ticket today, which always makes me feel good, you know? Oh, I love to hear it. Pete, I'm in consideration of some plane tickets myself. Please tell me, if you don't mind sharing here with us and our, yo, several thousand listeners. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, where's that plane ticket headed? So I'm going to Dublin, Ireland for a few reasons. Mm. Um, Good friends of mine, married couple. They've lived in New York for 10 years, 15 years, a -hmm, while. mm -hmm. Um, The husband, my friend Mike, he is from Ireland originally. Uh, They are moving back to Ireland. Um, She's from Wisconsin. They're going back to Ireland to live. Um, Got a nice Nice. little piece of land. So they're moving back next month. And we thought it would be nice to visit them. But then they are fans of the band Pulp. My wife is a huge fan of the band Pulp. I'm a fan of the band Pulp. They're playing Dublin in June. And we all said, hey, why don't we just go over, visit our friends, go see Pulp, have a good time. So that's the plan. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that energy. It's going to be fun. <sighs> Looking forward to it. Hmm. Dublin, Ireland. It sounds like a nice time. And if you don't mind me asking, what time of year are you going? In June. Oh, you said that. Yeah, okay. That seems really nice. What a pleasant time. It'll be nice. I, and I got uh, I got a tour guide to drive me around. You know what I mean? So that's uh, <sighs> that's a bonus. I once went to Mexico. Um, shout out to the the fellas who took us there uh, with a band, you know, but we had one friend who took us everywhere and then a couple others from each of the, the cities we were in who really just hung out. And it was like, it was essentially like three do- three shows over six days or something. So we really got to hang out a bit and um, it was awesome. And I couldn't imagine having done it without a host. Yeah. Uh, really enhanced the experience. So uh, yeah, uh, travel tip from your boys at tracks pod uh you got a tour guide who's available or a friend or something <laughs> yeah the whole chain say yo let's do this um, if your friend moves to a cool country just go oh, visit him get that ticket now get that yeah. ticket now um, what's the problem well pete i don't have any plane tickets yet um friend is heading down to florida next week thought about trying to catch a couple days in the sun that might be nice uh south florida true florida miami area uh uh trying to figure out potentially a spring break trip um not sure 
uh, you know, but it's it's a busy time. So uh, everybody make time for travel. It's a, it's a good thing to do for your soul. And if it there's is. anything in search of tracks is about besides finding tracks, it's about doing stuff that's good for your soul. So uh, do it. Um, Pete, we, we alluded to it already, but what are we, t- we're talking about Pearl Jam today. We're talking about no code. Mm. How do we pick this record? We picked this record because we wanted to do a a Pearl Jam record that was not one of the first three, That's and right. I think you opted for this one, being the 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 Pearl Jam pro on this podcast. That's right. Um, yes. Uh, do you think there's people who don't know who Pearl Jam is? Yeah, there uh, is. yeah. Maybe not definitely. ones who listen to tracks pod um <laughs> all right let's start with uh some true false uh you just give a true or false and then if you need to explain feel free pearl okay. jam is the most popular grunge band from the early 90s no false right yeah false yeah who would you say is nirvana nirvana it's nirvana True or false? Pearl Jam is the most successful grunge band of the early nineties. That's true. It's got. I think be true. that's true too. I think it's got to be true. I think it's got to be true. I mean, they're selling um, out the big, the big venues. It's happened for twenty years. Yeah. So, I mean, thirty years now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, they're like the Grateful Dead of grunge bands. Mm, interesting. Um, What? Oh man! Pearl Jam is the biggest guitar band from the nineties. I mean, if I said false to the first question, I feel like I have to say false to this one. Are you saying like just in terms of I'm, sales? I'm, inclu- or I'm saying uh, biggest band who started in the nineties of the guitar-based genre, rock band. Who started post nineteen ninety? Okay, they're the most popular, biggest band. So, so Nirvana's bigger, but they had their they they're never doing a reunion. You know what I mean? Like right, right. Because well, of what Nirvana what I mean. is, yeah. there is no legacy. You know, right. But Pearl Jam, I don't is know, man. I'm going to say Fall still. Who are you going to say? Like Foo Fighters, maybe. Foo Fighters is a good answer. Um, Foo Fighters High might be bigger. Yeah, like their peak, maybe. But they're still like, even post Taylor Hawkins, like all they do is headline festivals. I know, but I think Pearl Jam might be bigger. I don't know. This is such a funny question. Like, who's bigger, Pearl Jam or Foo Fighters? Well, yeah, Um, I mean that's that's what I'm asking. I guess like, what's the barometer? It's a tough question. It is. It is a tough, tough, tough question. All right. Just on a a streaming level, Pearl Jam's got 12.6 monthly. 12.6 12.6 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Uh, Foo Fighters, 18.5. Wow. Yeah, that would, that would, that would so, be yeah. my guess. But I, I would... Man, that's so fascinating. This is So, you know what? I'm going to accept Foo Fighters as the answer. Okay. I think that might be the answer. That. I mean, like... like Post-1990, what are the five biggest guitar... Like, five biggest rock bands... Uh, 
Like the Strokes Nirvana? are one of them. I'm Maybe. gonna put Lincoln Park over the Strokes. Oh sure, okay. Um, yeah, shit. Put, I have to I'm think about Nir- that then. I'm gonna put Nirvana. I'm gonna put Foo Fighters. Man, Dave Grohl, look at that crazy mf'er. Um, <laughs> do we put like Oasis? So stuff that like like we're not counting bands who like. Okay, I get that Nirvana started before 1990. I get it, but saying you two and Nirvana are the same because they both started. No, U two is a, a band who's like 80s. Okay, they started in the 80s. I think U2 might have even started in the late 70s, but we're going to say U2 started in the 80s, formative 80s. Nirvana's formative 90s, okay? Okay. So, Nirvana. I think R.E.M. had too long a tail. They were clearly 80s. Uh, It's Nirvana. It's Foo Fighters. Linkin Park. Um, Man, what other? Green Day? Again, I'm actually I'm, I'm look I'm looking at lists now, which are like one or oh, two years yeah. old. But one from this list from 2020. I'm just going to read uh-huh. the bands that uh, are post 1990. Please, Lincoln Park would be number one according to this list. Shockingly big, so so big when they were big, it's it's hard to explain. Panic at the Disco would be number two according to this list. Red Hot Chili not Peppers. Not bigger than Foo Fighters. Not, oh, Chili Peppers. So here's the thing. Chili Peppers had a strong 80s. <sighs> Chili Peppers peaking starts in the 90s. But yeah. they were solidly a band before the 1990. You know what I mean? Like For sure. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. I'm just going to run through a few. And this is in countdown from highest to lowest. Five Seconds of Summer. Guns N' Roses, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Bon Jovi, 21 Pilots, Bon Jovi, I shouldn't have said because that's not 90s, 21 Pilots, uh, Metallica, Nirvana, and then it's like Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Van Halen, all Guns these guys. Guns N' Roses, Metallica, 80s, 80s, um, yeah, Bon 80s. Jovi, obviously 80s. Foo Fighters, Blink-182, Pearl Jam, yep. Paramore, Offspring. Oh. Offspring, <laughs> system of a down. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering where, like, who was going to be the first of the like new metal or new metal adjacent? Like, a, a Lincoln Park sort of is new metal ish. Um, I can't believe Lincoln Park is over all those bands. I mean, I, I'm not really surprised, but wild. They were a big band, it. man. So Pearl Jam's one of the biggest rock bands of all time, but. Of the past 30 years, right near the top, top, you know? For sure. Yeah. So this, this record, record. Sorry. No, you're good. Pete, I'm starving. I had to eat it's a Kit okay. Kat. It's okay. Eat the Kit Kat. Our new sponsors, Kit Kat. Um, <laughs> this record is just as I think Pearl Jam's trying to find their long term identity. Yes. Um, it's that's also what it seems when, like. It's 1998. Grunge is is dead. Been dead. Um, Alternative is almost dead. Uh, Butt Rock is creeping into Alternative. It was like the weird 
Like, uh, <clears throat> butt rock creeping into alternative essentially happened in the late 90s. Like those horror movie scenes where you're sitting on a subway and there's a weird creepy guy and the lights are kind of going on and off in the subway. It's a weird creepy guy in a trench coat and he's like, you know, he catches eyes for just a second. He's on the other side of the train all the way at the other end. And, you know, the fewer people on the train and the lights flash and like he's halfway up the train. You're like, wait, what the, what's that? Is that creep coming towards me? Did I just misperceive it? Lights go out. He's <laughs> fifth, 10 feet away from you. You're like, what the fuck? What's going on? Just fewer people. Lights flicker, flicker, flicker. He's sitting next to you with his face in your face. <laughs> that is how quickly butt rock creeped into alternative in the late 90s. Um, Pete, is Pearl Jam butt rock? No. I don't think Decidedly so. Decidedly no. No. Yeah. Um, would you consider this record... Okay, uh, I'll do a true or false. No Code is not a grunge record. True. No Code grunge is record. an alternative record. True. For sure. The drumming on No Code is boring. <laughs> um i actually don't think it is boring real oh i'm so excited to talk about that okay good yeah i mean Um, so i mean it's notable we should say i guess uh, just some notes i took here this is the first album they uh had with drummer jack irons who joined the band like halfway through the vitalogy tour yep and then i guess stuck around for what like one or two albums after that because he wasn't in the band for super long no no he wasn't in the band for very long um because now they have the dude from Soundgarden, right? That's right. That's yeah. Right. Um, to, to my last check, yes. Um, Pearl Jam, basically a very solid core, but with a rotating drummer for for what yeah. that's worth. And it's it's an interesting thing to see that. Um, anyways, um, shout out to all the Dave Abruzzi's heads out there. Um, <laughs> so uh, this record to me is really interesting. Uh, let me give my personal experience with it. I already really liked Pearl Jam. Um, I was a big fan. I got 10 when it came out. Uh, there certainly was a time when I was young, if you asked me, do you like Pearl Jam more than Nirvana? I would have said Pearl Jam. Partially because I was... Partially because the Nirvana kid was a lot more annoying than the Pearl Jam kid to me mm-hmm. um, at that time and where I was. Uh, I could see that being flipped in a lot of situations. If you were in middle school when Kurt Cobain died, there was a six to 12 month mourning period where there were people who only wore Nirvana shirts. And it was an odd topic of conversation. Um, Obviously kind of necessary, obviously very sad um, and tragic in a million ways. But as a 12-year-old, you don't appreciate those things super much. You don't totally wrap your head around it. Um, you know it's a sad, terrible thing. How many? Yeah, I think it was 12. Uh, but Pearl Jam resonated with me. Um, ask me now. Nirvana's better. Uh, Nirvana's peaks are better. Who do I like as a band more? I don't know. That's really tough. Pearl Jam probably has 50 songs I really like. I mean, That's Pearl Jam a has a lot more songs. to offer. Yeah. That's a lot. Say, There's a, a lot, lot more variety, of, a lot more going on. Yeah. Right. Nirvana but, pretty one note at a certain but point. Boy, 
that's a good note. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's a fact, but like, but if you know, yeah, but but Pearl Jam has a lot going on, and I appreciate a long game. I appreciate, um, I appreciate the narrative and how Pearl Jam just kind of kept going. And honestly, I think this is the point where they understood they were going to be somewhat commercially viable, even if they made odd decisions. But I want to say this isn't some like weird Neil Young ish, like haha. Let me send him to Zuma on this one, you know. <laughs> like this isn't a throwaway. Like they they never did that. They never were not who they are, which I appreciated. They wrote tuneful rock songs that um, that I find I like quite a few songs. But I also know how um, they somehow are polarizing, especially people in subculture. Uh, I think when grunge came around, the way it looked was that Pearl Jam was the jock band, <laughs> you yeah. know, and Nirvana was like the down for it, you know, punkers. And it's like, I don't really know that I believe in that narrative, especially the further along you get. It's like, you know, these were a bunch of weird dudes, almost all of them just from the West Coast with varying levels of interest in underground music and guitar rock of the 70s and 80s. Right. Uh and here's what they can and here's our noise, you know? Exactly. Um, so shout out to Pearl Jam. Uh, this record, my personal note is I already liked the band. Um, I liked 10. I liked Versus more. Uh, I liked Vitology a good amount. And when No Code came out, I remember getting it uh, brand new um, and was taken aback by some of the feel overall from it and it slowly grew to be a favorite in that weird way where you're like, oh, I just find myself going back to this one. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I've liked this record for a very long time. Uh, I could probably talk about it without having done a lot of listening, but I did a lot of listening so we could get the full experience and I could kind of re- re-entrench myself in it a bit. Nice. Pete, I'm assuming you had little to no familiarity with this record. I had no familiarity. I've never heard it in my life. Uh, listened yeah. to it for the first time for this episode, which was exciting. I like, I like when uh, we have the opportunity to do that. But Me yeah, too. I mean, my history. I bought ten when it came out. I was a big fan of it. I bought verses when it came out. I was bored by it. I bought mm. Vitalogy when it came out. I was like so bored by it You're and out. let down. I was completely <laughs> yeah. out. And then when this came out, I could not have been less interested. I don't even recall the cover art to this album. Like I just wasn't paying any attention to it. Pete, um, I'm fairly certain you and I were friends before this record came out. That's probably true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I yes, I, I was already into you know punk and hardcore as were you by yep. the time this record came out, but. Uh, that shows my my Pearl Jam dedication. I yeah, I like. Let, I didn't let subcultural affiliations tear me away from from Ed Ved and uh, crew. You're a better man than me. I was like anticipating like the second H two O album at this point or something. <laughs> so I can't whatever. find a, can't find one. You know. So um, yo, so bigger than uh, water, Bob. It's um, anyway. Uh, I was stoked to listen to this. And I think that like everything you're saying tracks because it really seems like a record where they were huge, huge. Like how much bigger do you get huge? 
like at what point at, at a certain point what do you what, what do you do with that you know i mean i feel like you either start kind of toying around with new sounds or you just kind of recreate what you've already done i feel like correct me if i'm wrong how yes. different is versus from vitology are they very different because i remember them being kind of similar uh vitology man how do you explain this um, they are different. Um, Vitology, they start really... Vitology, I think, was an aim to write an album album and not have... I think Verses and Ten both have a bit... A bit. I think they're both albums, but have singles. Kind of like okay. more of like, hey, here's... Here's the hit. Here's the hit. Here's the hit. Here's some yeah. more weird songs. I think with Vitology, they went in trying to write like an opus. Like a Vitology is a very long record example. Vitology is an hour and eight minutes long. Ten, even in nineties, bloke is fifty-three minutes long. Might not sound like a big difference, but yo, that is fifteen minutes longer. That matters. Yeah, it's long. It's like twenty-five percent longer. You know. Um, I just remember Vitalogy being they, much. Sorry, I just remember it no, being much softer than than. Ver, I remember Versus still kind of leaning a little bit towards grunge, but like leaning yeah. also there. It also had the soft, like softer elements there that Ten really didn't. And then Vitalogy was like, I remember it being all soft, which I have not. I haven't listened to it in twenty something years, so I could um, be totally off. Mostly, I mean, so spin, spin the black circle is a little rougher, but yeah, I mean, the the hits off Vitology are Corduroy and Better Man, okay, um, which are both very chill, like you know, big yeah. Pearl Jam catalog pieces. But um, whereas Versus, you have Go Animal to start, Daughter is softer, but even you know, like a lot of man, Versus is a cool record. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's harder edges still on versus as opposed to Vitology. Vitology, okay. they are starting to sp- to to spin themselves out and trying not to be the there. There's a lot a lot less aggression, I guess, is a good way to put it. Okay. Um, and I think with no code is a continuation of that, but I think they oscillate a little bit. I yeah, this record's like a mixed bag. It, well, right, and I was going to say, uh, not fully in my thesis joint for this record, um, but I, I do think they were playing with sounds a lot more on this record, and there's some soft, loud, um, ah, like, there's songs I want to say, oh, the tempo is different, but when you listen to the drums, the tempo's not that different. Yeah. It's that they're doing, it's almost like a thought experiment where they're like, what can we do if the drum track is just kind of this and it's all like metronome solid. It is dead solid. But the guitar work is doing so many different things and going in so many different directions. Um, Which is where I think they were aiming with versus Vitology and No Code. And even, you know, the next... Uh, so uh, Pearl Jam self-titled, uh, I think, still has some of these tendencies in there. Um, Yield does, but misses it. Binaural does, does misses it. Um, oh, I'm, I'm not thinking self-titled. I'm thinking Riot Act. Um, but they, they, I think from Versus On, they were trying to, go, to play with the idea of like, how do we write a proper rock record 
that has uh, some pushing, driving up tempo, but softer moments that don't feel like they have no punch and no push. Um, And I think they land it here better than they do on verses. Even though if you had me take the peaks of verses, I might take them. (sighs) It's tough. I think I might take the best songs off verses over the best songs off this record, but it's a, that's a push for me. So, um, but I think they deliver on no code what they couldn't deliver on Vitology and just missed with verses. Got it. So question for you, is Mm. this a record that's held in really high regard by Pearl Jam heads? Um, no, I think that the ones <laughs> Pete, I'm a weird dude. You know this, right? <laughs> like, like I don't like, I, I can talk to people about comic books for hours. Sure. But I can count on my one hand, the number of dudes I've had conversations about comic books about with like of, that of like, Hey, you like this? Oh, let's talk about this in detail. Um, the people I have talked about Pearl Jam with who ask me about stuff and I want to talk to them about no code. Some have been excited to all see it almost as a deep cut. And there's definitely some who are like, Oh yeah, it's all right. You know, um, it's held in higher esteem than certainly yield, certainly binaural, certainly riot act. Um, and I, th- yeah. And then, then after that, at Riot Act is kind of the last stop on the Pearl Jam train. Though, if you ask me, I think that Backspacer has some tracks. I think Self Titled has a couple songs too. So, um, okay. I have not given Gigaton um, a lot of love, and Lightning Bolt didn't t- didn't hit it for me. So, um, I will revisit all those. Uh, th- so, yes, the, is it held in high esteem? No but it is kind of in this awkward place where it's between eras and it's kind of seen some people consider it the last of the golden era of Pearl Jam and some people see it the start of like another era. I kind I look at it as the close of the, the early era. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just there's so much going on with this, and it feels very <laughs> different to me than the other stuff. And I just, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know the lifespan. Like, I don't know where they go after this, you know? So this could so, be this weird experimental album, and then they just kind of like found their groove with kind of no, I think some, this some kind element of this, of this record after that. Like, I'm not sure, you know? So, I what I will say is, I think that there is a good from 10 to no code. I believe you find if you were going to go see Pearl Jam play like a just like we're going on tour, you're going to hear half the set is songs from those four albums, if okay. not more. Like if you go see them, you're you're likely going to see Hail Hail. You're likely going to hear a few of these like Red Mosquito is a deep cut that people love. Um, I, this is mostly deep cuts, but like a grip of these songs are songs that make the like, these are getting on playlists kind of stuff. Sure. Like live show stuff. So I could see that. Yeah. Um, so we, we did an episode on REM uh, automatic for the people not long ago. 
and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about where they were in context of their career when they did that record versus where Pearl Jam were in the context of their career um, with No Code. And it was interesting because REM is hitting their their commercial popularity here. You know, like document hits and then automatic for the people is just, you know, continuing the upswing, right? Yeah. Um, and no code is this different space where it's like, yeah, you know, like Pearl Jam is as big as they could be. They're selling out arenas. But it was sort of like, hey, we're trying to do this. <laughs> Sorry for that. I feel um, that. Hey, we're trying to do this creative thing and, and not just exist as this frozen in amber yeah. band. And that's something that I think is really interesting. So um, recently on Axe to Grind, uh, hardcore podcast that I do uh, with Patrick and Tom, we were discussing the band Pennywise and how we all think Pennywise sucks, uh, <laughs> but that we understand why people from California, blah, 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 blah. But that led to a conversation with a friend, Mac, um, who, who does like Pennywise. Uh, and we started talking about them and some other bands and da, 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 and sonically where they fit and all this stuff, where they came from, all this kind of stuff. And how the late 80s in the Southern California punk scene is a really funny time because it's this time where you have a glut of bands who kind of either are hanging around, maybe releasing new music, but really just kind of, you know, like five or six years ago, we were really hot. So we can still play and still, you know, a few hundred kids are going to come out and see us. But we're, we're just kind of living off this record from 1982 and it's 1989, 1988, 87. A lot of the early LA punk bands are either dead or in a totally different place if they still exist or they're doing what I just described. Ska has arisen. Funk has arisen. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, etc. And then things like hair metal, especially in LA, like the 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 like uh, scum metal, like not scum metal, uh, whatever, sleaze metal <laughs> kind of sure. stuff and hair metal stuff got really big. And all of a sudden you're looking around, it's like, well, if you look at Motley Crue in 1987 and some, you know, washed up has been punk band, they might actually look and dress the same. Right. But one is playing arenas and the other is playing uh, down at Dino's Bar and Grill, you know? So <laughs> uh, what's cooler? But that made me think about where Pearl Jam was in 1998. Because I said, I was thinking about that that wave of alternative and grunge bands that pops 92, 93. And now they're looking around five years later. And by 98, a few of those bands were still around. Like Soundgarden's still around. Stone Temple Pilots still around. Alice in Chains still around. But, the, uh, you know, the luster had faded somewhat on the, the thing as a whole. Yeah. Um, but Pearl Jam kept evolving and moving. And I think No Code is representative of that. I think that sonically they play with some elements, but not in this throw spaghetti at the wall kind of way. 
which is something I think you feel from Versus On, uh, where it's just like, hey, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this, where they didn't feel like they had to rewrite 10 over and over to be successful. And in fact, if you listen to 10 and Vitology back to back, they sound similar because Eddie Vedder has a very distinct voice. But otherwise, there's a lot of different elements going on. You know what I mean? Those are really different records. Um, Yeah, definitely. So, so you're anyways, saying if, uh, if if Pennywise had stuck around and done their version of no no code, it would have sucked just as bad as whatever their <laughs> fucking garbage records were. Um, no, it, what I'm saying is that that idea of what happens when you're in a flashpoint moment of something, something that takes a cultural milieu, whether it's L.A. punk scene circa 1979 to 1982, Golden Voice shows are filling, you know, 5,000 cap spaces. Um, alternative grips, like, just literally kills hair metal and takes over, like, mainstream media, like, music content, period. Just takes it over. Yeah. Um, where do you go from there? Like, like you, you, you pose the question, Pearl Jam's as big as they can be. Where do they go from there? Do they try to, you know, do they... And it's interesting how bands deal with that question. U2's 90s uh, movements are a really fun thing to do because they were so sure. big. And then they do that one record that was super... I mean, it was just straight up bad. But it yeah. was like an attempt to do... I don't, I don't even know. What was that? Zootopia? Zootopia was really bad. And then was Octung Baby after that? And then they kind of came back. It was a return to four. They had a return to yeah. four, but they realized who they were. And uh, Pearl Jam, I don't think ever totally lost who they were. There were some infor- unfortunate moments where like Eddie Vedder had a uh, Ramones phase where he wanted to wear leather jackets and had like a bad uh, <laughs> jawhawk. But, um, but that never really played out in terms of like what they did on record. So anyways... Um, really dig Pearl Jam, like them a lot. Uh, if you ever get a chance to hear interviews with those folks, listen. They seem like very kind, uh, conscious, uh, considered people, and that's kind of cool. Not something I need from the music I like. Not something I even look for. But when you find it, it's like, oh, that's kind of nice, nice, you know. And and to hear them talk about music that they really love, like they basically are like, oh, Pearl Jam, we. We started with a mutual love of basketball and bad brains. You wouldn't know that by hearing their songs, but right. <laughs> you know, that's kind of cool. So anyways, um, any other big thoughts on no code before we go track by track? That's it. Let's, let's go track by track. Let's get into this bad boy. First track. Sometimes.
opener, Bob. It's, it's a I, weird one. I feel like they are letting you know from the jump that like, hey, this is going to be weird, guys. We're going to we're going to we're going to try some shit. It might not work. It might work. I don't know. But it's like it's an off kilter start. It's very, very quiet. It's like like Pearl Jam. I kind of expect to at least like rock out of the gate to a certain extent. And there's just like none of that here. Um, that being said, this song kind of grew on me after a little bit. Grower, not a shower for sure. Yeah. Um, it feels really influenced by like a lot of the indie rock, like pavement or something like a lot of the stuff that was going on at the time. Interesting. Um, Um, just in terms of being like not really fully formed, but then it like hits this crescendo at a certain point. mm -hmm. It's cool. yeah, it, it, it um, you know what it, it 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 feels like it's gonna crest, but then pulls itself back. Uh, this is the first, obviously, of many songs on this record, but I think this is the first one that plays with this soft. It's sort of like, uh, oh, okay, this is the way I'll put it. It's not soft, loud per se. It's restrained versus unleashed. Um, so from this song to the next, I think you feel that this is really kind of like conservative and, and pulled back and um, considered I'll use the, the term I, I think it's a soft song uh, not quite vocal vehicle but there's elements of it that rely on Eddie Vedder's vocal range to do stuff and mm-hmm. to pull it back in uh, yeah I, I actually could see those those comparisons to indie or even like college rock stuff from the 80s where it's just kind of muted uh, a little melancholy maybe even some of the melancholy of that mid 90s era Um, and again I think it's an attempt to present as as fragile or vulnerable in the music uh, to to start so uh, yeah I think this is a fun one and it's dynamic but mostly in the context of the record. If you just isolate this yeah, song, yeah. it's sort of just like, oh, weird, okay. But I think it leads right into the next track really well. Yeah, I totally agree with you in the way that this song cannot exist outside of the context of the record. Nobody's yeah. putting this song on specifically. But I think that um, I like the way that it really fucks with you. Like, the volume on it is so low. Yes. That... <laughs> You actually like it happened to me numerous times when I was listening to it. You're you're like, is is my speaker on? Like, what's going on? And then by the time you get to the second song, like it feels like they took the knob and turned it all the way up for the second song, but it was like all the way down for the first. So it's it's kind of this cool like sonic exercise in a way that I think is uh, it's an interesting off kilter way to start the record that grew on me as I as I listened to it more. Yeah, uh, yes. And how it leads into the next song, Hail, Hail. Hail, Hail. That's where we go to the Unleashed, and they go into one of the more pulsating uh, driving songs of the Pearl Jam catalog. Um, Low-key favorite, one of my favorites, probably a top 10 Pearl Jam song for me. Uh, Just love how much of a kick it is. On uh, On this lesson, on this listen, what I really pulled was <clears throat> it is almost all guitars. Yeah. The drumming is just kind of clicking along. And yeah. I was shocked by it. 
because in my head it's this like blazer and it kind of is but it's mostly just the guitars going like it's really driving um and obviously the vocals are pushing the pace too but the drums are just it rock could be solid. garage band yeah correct like metronome like okay go ahead put on the click track you know yeah so. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I I think the the drums have an energy to them that I like, but but definitely on this song in particular, all they do is drive. There's no like character to them at all. But I agree with you. Good song, good energy. Um, it feels it's like a Pearl Jam. It's like if Pearl Jam do punk rock. This is what mm. it sounds like in a way. Um, I'm in on this one actually. Okay, good. I was very curious about that. Um, I think it's it's fun to see when they push the pace a little bit, when they kind of give their giddy up some go. And uh, again, this this album has all these stops and starts. It's kind of herky jerky in that way, but this mm-hmm. one I think gets the blood pressure going. I like it a lot. Next track, who you are. Who you are. So am I right in saying this is the first single for this record? I think it was. I believe so, yeah. Which was an odd choice. Pretty wild. Yeah. This is like this jazzy drum-centric opening part. Uh, Like, it just... I imagine if, you know, I imagine like a radio DJ, like, we have the new song from Pearl Jam. Here you go. Who you are. You know, and it's like nobody's psyched because this is like not what you want to hear from Pearl Jam at all. Um, yep. But that being said, I could see it growing on people and I could see it be like, like a song that people maybe is like a, like a deep cut favorite at this point, or maybe it's just a yeah, song that nobody likes. I have no idea. Song. I love, I love it. Um, okay. But it is a weird one. First time I heard it, I was like, what is going on with this? Because it's got the yeah. funny, funny percussion actually on this. What is that? It's some sort of like, um, what is that? Anyways, it's got funny percussion. It's it sounds like there's a little bit of cowbell in there. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, there's not a, it's not a maraca, but it's like, okay, the polyrhythmic drum pattern. Um, yeah, right. So it's just got this kind of like bouncing rhythmic drum that isn't it's not shanty-ish at all it doesn't have that kind of thing which i appreciate because there's a lot of shanty-ish kind of behavior in our 90s alt repetition like hey we're doing a weird percussion thing this one uh again vetter goes for some vocal stuff i appreciate it i don't know if it hits for everybody but i like it um almost has like uh yeah, tribally kind of Eastern philosophy. I, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, a mystical energy crystal store thing going yeah, on? Exactly. It's, I, at least I, from a I, Pearl Jam perspective, you know. I wrote it. Feels like some hyper-produced version of some lost '60s psych new age drum circle San Francisco shit. Yeah. Okay. See, and I think that's a really. Uh, <laughs> kind reading of it. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> okay. I mean, that being said, I this song grew on me too. I I don't think I'd put it on by choice, but at the same time, like I I warmed up to it. I kind of like how they were just like, you know what, fuck it, let's just let's a write this song and put it out, yeah. and b let's make it the first single. It, yes, 
I, it's one of those things where it's like chicken or the egg. Like Pearl Jam's brave for doing this because they're so popular. Or Pearl Jam's so popular, they're enabled to be brave enough to do shit right, like exactly, this. Right, you know? exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I appreciate that. Next song, In My Tree. This one is okay. There's no real hook to it, but it has a lot of energy, um, and there's a good, there's a feeling to it that I like. It has yes. another drum intro that builds into kind of a noisy, like psychedelic wall of noise. Yep. It's kind of cool. It's a cool song. I'm, I'm okay with it. A uh, song that feels kind of epic and grand in scale. They build up. Um, the funny, the rolling drum intro builds off the previous track. I think that yep. is a really nice flow through. Um, when it breaks, it delivers pretty well. Um, the refrain isn't perfect because they're trying to like mix this like big room crash in with the more you know uh, crystal store energy from the prior track, and it doesn't totally hit. But I like the song a lot. I think this is the song where they they try to merge the constrained and unleashed to some success uh deep cut deep cut hit like it a lot nice uh next song smile this one feels to me like pearl jam doing neil young um yes (laughs) i feel like this could have been a hit um i find it less offensive than a lot of pearl jam like mega hits Mm -hmm. but i feel like it still kind of has that same energy um, I kind of like when the chorus opens up and then it goes into the Neil Young harmonica part, but overall I'm not like super hot on this track. I'm, I'm okay with it though. Uh, I get weirdly, I wanted to let you go all the way on that because I get weirdly emotional about this song. Okay. Um, I love it. Lyrical content. Um, a lot of resonance for me. Uh, this funny, like the line, I miss you already. Um, makes me think of the feeling when you miss someone who hasn't left yet. Sure. And I think that's a real feeling and it's a weird feeling. And I think this is a weird song. Um, hundred percent nailed it. It is, uh, this is a <laughs> Jeff song. <laughs> um, it is unabashedly trying to be a kind of nineties Neil Young song, kind of twisted. You still get the harmonica, you know, kind of, odd tempo um yeah uh ugly pretty as a song and i like the song a lot so i i will not get too personally weird but it's a a song i (laughs) really really like that's awesome off he goes oh yeah smile by the way 
not a single. I think it's a super deep cut that people like, but not like, I don't think it's, it's not like a song you're going to hear all the time. If you're like, all right, they'll go bust ahead. it out here or there. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of like, oh, okay, we'll play that. Um, okay. Next track. Off he goes. Off he goes. Um, Much this is song. one of my favorites on the record. Um, Fantastic. I feel song. like it, I feel like it's really understated. Um, I like the energy on it. It's like, I feel like it, I actually was listening to it. It was just this recent go round and I probably listened to this like five times in total. Just Mm -hmm. the last listen, I was like, this could have been on Nebraska. Like I thought of Bruce Springsteen singing this. Like it could totally, it's, it really has like, like Bruce Springsteen, Nebraska vibe to me. Um, and I like that record a lot, so it tracks that I like the song a lot. But yeah, that was my feel. Hell yeah! Um, this is the uh, this is where they nail the quiet song. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the guitar really work really complements complements the vocals in this like perfect way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another lyrical high, I think. I think that just, just really kind of weird. Um, this is another. This is the third single. How about that? Isn't that weird? That is um, weird. But yeah, uh, uh, definitely a track. Um, yeah, you're catching weird, weird energy from me because this is like a record I love. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really <laughs> like that song. Uh, oh, good. Next track, I don't feel so weird about having. This is one of the only songs on this record with balls so far. Like <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Hell, hell, I mean, habit, yeah. That's okay. I mean, I like a lot of these songs. It's, it's okay. It has, has like one ball, right? Kind of, yeah, sort of. Maybe small um, balls. I mean, what do we? What do you want from it? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his voice is really strained here. Like he really, really goes for it in this way that he doesn't uh, on. I think the rest of the record. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's this um, like strange noisy element to it mm-hmm. yeah so that's the part i enjoy is that occasionally pearl jam goes for these odd uh odd melodies and odd sounds to try to make them work and habit has that all over it um, for sure the strain yeah, like, in the voice is going yep. for this it's almost pitching out to the furthest extent it can while maintaining uh, a tune, but trying to, and then then that that tension and return 
make it make it uh, give it its unique element. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool because it's like I guess just the sonic, just the 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 rock of it kind yeah. of harkens back to early Pearl Jam, but nothing else about it does. Like they they lose the hooks and replace them with these like with those off-kilter harmonies that you're talking about. So it's like it's it's the same but very different in a way. It's it's kind of cool. Yeah, I I'm with that. Um If you want a true deep cut uh song, it's this one I think actually is deep cut uh song people really like Red Mosquito. Um weird they get a little jammy in here. Yeah. Um, I hear 70s guitar stuff all over this one. Yeah. Um, but again, I kind of like this one. This one, you get more of a, a to and fro, like, um, but it pulls through to me. The the almost like hollow tone to some of it and a lot of pedal work uh, pulls me in on this one more. And it, you get you get soft, loud tension on this one as much as any other song on this record besides In My Tree. Yep. This one, I'm not going to lie. It might be a cut. I'm not a big fan. It's like Interesting. It's got too okay. much like bouncy guitar lead mania going on. It's 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 very like like you said it like the 70s guitar stuff. I'm thinking of like like I listened to a um uh Neil Young record the other day. What was the Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. I listened to a oh, live yeah. record from that era and Dude, the whole A side is a guitar solo. Like they do the song, and then it's fifteen minutes of guitar solo, and then the song ends. And I'm like, dude, I don't have time for this shit anymore. And okay. like, I, I, I feel like, I feel like, had on a different timeline, Pearl Jam does more of this, and like, basically just like become the Grateful Dead. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not with that. No, this this song feels jammy. Neil, because Grateful Dead sonically do weird. Let's do a Grateful Dead record so we can just like rip it apart. And like, I don't say that in a bad way. I mean it. I don't mean to diss it because I actually there's they got some songs. Yeah, but like dissect it, like pull it apart, and like really identify what what is enjoyed and what is not. Um, I can see everything you're saying. I like some of the jammy elements on it here because it feels like it fits well. Whereas um, there's some jammy elements when you look at Vitology that I don't, that hint at what I think you were saying, which is like, it feels like you're getting lost in the solo and that can be boring. Like, yeah. Full stop. Like, like when you feel like you're just in, <laughs> like uh you have to find the right attention span for that um, yeah do you think the next song lucan is here as the one minute pearl jam song to follow that to try to provide a reprieve from the jam track before i kind of think it is yeah this is like this hey we're back <laughs> this song's kind of a cut for me. It's not bad. I don't hate it. They play this song occasionally. It doesn't do anything for me. It's it's to me feels like hey, we can write a one minute song. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. There's not much to this. It's like it's it's unoffensive because it's a minute long. But like I don't know, whatever. That's all. 
Uh, present tense. feel on this but it doesn't really do much for me um it kind of like there are parts where it's breaking down where i want it to build up like it kind of does the opposite of what i'd like it to do at certain parts um and the guitar effects kind of wear on me on this one um yeah the first so i'm not the i'm song, not all in on this one really the first half of the song seems to be kind of um some studio space energy like hey let's go halfway atmospheric in in as close as something like pearl champ could right um builds again kind of similar formula for them to this bigger part that i actually enjoy the guitar sound towards the end it has this kind of desperate tone the dun, 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 like scaling down um that works really well for me like the song as a whole i don't f- i don't think they hit what they wanted to do with this song but totally i liked what they were going for so i don't hate this song but it's not it's not a it's not a highlight of the record next song mankind talk so to stone, me about the song stone gossard stone song. sings this one yep mm-hmm. which is interesting i had to look that up because i was like this isn't eddie vetter um if it was Eddie, it would have been some serious vocal, uh, yeah, uh, like uh, effects on there for sure. Um, but you can hear him if you listen to the. There's some backups. You can hear his voice in some of the secondary backup vocals, okay. which is really interesting. Yeah, really right. interesting. Um, um, it's a weird song. It doesn't sound like anything else on the record. Um, is it a it power pop like- song? Kind. Yeah, I said it sounds like a. It's like Pearl Jam trying to do the Stooges or something in a way. Yeah. Um, but like less edge than the Stooges. Um, his voice kind of sounds like Lou Barlow to me a little bit from Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's so that I is, like that. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this uh, song I, actually grew on me. I liked it the more I listened to it. I think this is a cool song. I, yeah. I there's definitely been points where I would have said no. Um, it surprises me when I see the length on it. It's like three and a half minutes, but. It's quietly like this funny. It makes me think it was a commentary. Like, hey, we're gonna do this. What feels very much like a power pop song to me. I, I think mm-hmm. if you if you put this on its own and didn't say, hey, this is Pearl Jam, you could say, hey, this is this weird like you know power pop alternative band from Seattle from the the late nineties. And someone would be like, Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? Sure. Like <laughs> clearly sounds it sticks out like a sore thumb on this record. Um there's been times where that has 
not totally jive with me, but on a standalone level, like the the flip sometimes is an album song. This is an unalbum song. This song, I just kind of, it's fun. I don't think, I'd <laughs> love to see them play the song live. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, it'd be cool. Next one, I'm open. Uh, this is spoken word. This is just like, like, um, it's fine. Uh, I like the elements of it. Uh, it's, I wish this closed the record. Um, mostly just to be like this odd, like, check it out. Here's the Mm -hmm. song written by the drummer and Eddie Vedder. Okay, here we go. Yeah. I think this is the only hard cut on the album for me. And I think (laughs) that if, 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 if it had been the last song, I would be more open to it because I, it's like, Hey, let's close the record just as weird as we opened it like that would be something but yeah. because it's the second to last song it it just kind of takes me out i'm like ready for it to be over yeah um yeah it's uh, it's it's word art more so than a song in my opinion it's fine to- it total filler me, track yeah and it also like if i'm being honest it's you were talking about like the weird Eddie Vedder era where he's like doing the Ramones thing mm. for some reason, whenever I, the cringy Eddie Vedder that I think of is when he did that, that movie and he wrote the soundtrack. What was it? It was like, uh, where he's, where oh, he's yeah. lost in the woods, where he's in the bus. Yeah. yeah. What's that movie? Into I've the wild or out into in the, the wild. wild. Thank you. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So like, that's like the cringy Eddie Vedder that I think of. And this kind of just reminds me of that version of him and i don't like it i'll take that version over uh bro hawk eddie um <laughs> how about i think this i version? saw him in bro hawk era did you I think yeah i think that's the yeah. i saw him right after johnny ramone died and he did an acoustic yeah. set and that's kind he of was fun. He, it was it was fun and i know that he was a personal friend of johnny ramone's and so like i'm sure it was very personal for him but like it was just seeing eddie vetter in like 2005 or six or whatever it was yep. doing a bunch of Ramon songs with a leather, leather jacket on was like, not what I wanted to see at that point. But it was a really weird sensory experience. Like yeah. just, I, that's another hour long episode. We'll talk about <laughs> in search of tracks, Eddie Vedder wearing a leather jacket, <laughs> Bob unloads. Like there's just too much going on. I can't get into it right now. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> let's let's close this one off around the bend. acoustic drum driven tune i like it as background music just fine but it's like i don't know it's it's not a great closer it doesn't do much for me overall peter you familiar with uh the the uh uh 
economy motel brand motel six i am okay are you familiar with their weird radio commercials or old commercials that were like hi my i'm whatever motel six we'll leave the light on for you (laughs) that's what this song is this is the background to a motel six commercial like literally (laughs) here take this take my vocal audio and drop it right over the the part of that song this is Eddie and Jeff, with Motel Six. We'll leave the light <laughs> on for you. That's it. That's yeah. what it is. It's, there you it's, go. You can cut the song. Um, yeah, weekend. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it goes out like a light. Um, Pearl Jam, no code. Let's give it some ratings and then talk about it a little more to close out. Holistic quality it. out of twenty. How good is this? If somebody asks you, is this a good record, Pete? Out of twenty, what do you give it? It's better than I expected, uh, and I, I found some highlights. I give it an 11. I kind of just landed in the middle. Wow, okay. Uh, 18 out of 20. Highs. Highs. How good are the best parts of this record? <sighs> Pete, I give it a 10. Yeah, you you you, you feel this one. Yeah, and I'm, I've, I've admitted all my biases, so people can send those letters into the void. But ten yeah. out of ten. What are what's your highs on this one? Highs. I mean, I have to say that my first listen, I was not super impressed, and I was kind of turned off. But it really warmed up to me on, you know, on later listens. So, and now there are songs on here that I I I really like actually. So I'm going to give it a seven. That's very good. That's good. And the lows out of ten, um, Pete, I. I think I might have been too warm by giving it a five. I think it's a. Th- I'm gonna. <clears throat> it's a three because I can't really listen to around the bend, and I can't like <laughs> I can't excuse Lucan. So yeah, it's a three. It gets pretty low. I gave it a two. Okay, that's that seems fair. Competency and peer review out of ten. Tough question with these. Band with a long catalog. I compared to their other records. I gave it a seven. Okay, yeah, I gave it a six. Fair. Drag, drag factor. factor. How much does this drag, Pete? You can. Um, feel, my feelings won't be hurt. Go, go in. It drags. I mean, I gave it a four. Okay, but some of the transitions are so good, and some of them just aren't. You know, I mean, but no, it's yeah, okay. just it's long. Uh, I give it an eight. Doesn't drag for me. Uh, okay. Ends weekly, or you know, I would give it uh, ends weekly. The problem is basically after Red Mosquito. Like I think up to Red Mosquito, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tracks in. I'm solid. Okay. Lucan is fine, but not for anyone. Present tense. I enjoy Mankind. Is this fun novelty? But then I'm open does basically nothing. And then around the bend is stupid. Yeah, um, it falls apart. So of those last five, there's two that I like, but there's three that are weak. And so it's like, ugh, clip this all, figure it out. Um, it's an eight out of 10 for me, but that's I'm, I'm high on that flow out of 10. I gave it an eight. I, I think those transitions are really solid. I think. The end, I, you could talk me into bringing it down some, but I just think it ends weekly. So I'm not trying to uh, to kill the flow towards the end. 
because I think the first half of the record really moves well. Yeah. I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, sometimes it feels really consciously put together and sometimes it feels totally slapped together. I'm not sure which is which. So that's my rating. That's, that's actually a solid review. Um, this is one I was actually super interested in the aesthetic out of 10. What do you think of the way the record looks, the overall layout, different feelings on it? I really don't like it. I give it a three. Oh, it just, Pete. It just doesn't do anything for me, man. Oh, see. You didn't own the CD. No, I don't I, know. I I, it. It, it looks like it could be cool. The, like uh, the, it's, the, it was the really cool. It's too. got, it's got a lot of CD booklet was huge. Had a ton of these Polaroids. The Polaroids were all taken by Eddie Vedder. He did the whole layout. It's actually, it's very simple, but um, cool and weird. I gave it an eight. Um, nice. I like it a lot, but there's uh, came in this funny packaging. The, the whole thing was cool. I think, again, it was an attempt to push out from where they were. So, you know, uh, bias, bias fully acknowledged here. Impact and influence out of 10. Uh Pete, I gave this a six. I could be high on that because I don't know. I don't know anybody who uh, who notes this, nor do I know people outside anybody who sounds like Pearl Jam. So, any bands who sound like <laughs> Pearl Jam. So, yeah, I like. I gave it a three because Fair. maybe it influenced people, but I have no idea who those people are, who those bands are. All right, you know and what? I, you talked me into a five. It's a five for me. Just because I don't, I, I just don't know where it goes. Yeah, I mean, it tur- it was ver- it was really important for Pearl Jam, but outside of that, I don't know who it was important for. Yeah, that's that's true. All right, um, intangibles, the etc. How do you feel about it, uh, Pete? Unsurprisingly, I'm giving this a nine out of ten. Hell yeah, I'm giving it a six because I feel, dude, I feel like I might. I don't know if I'm going to join you the church of Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. You yeah, don't check it out. I don't. Jam. No, no but that's cool. what I'm saying. Dude, I'm going to be like one of those Christians. I'm going to be the Christian that just like, I go to church only on Christmas, you know? Like, Which is a lot. That's like a yeah. big acknowledgement, you know? Yeah. Because I think cool. two years ago, you would have been like, no way, man. No way. That's, that's Christianity, true. You know? That's true. And, and now you're kind of like, yeah, Pearl Jam's not. Uh, there's a lot worse things than Pearl Jam. That's true. Yeah, I'm not a hater. Hell yeah. Well, I might go hater, back and listen to verses. I might go back and listen to Vitology. I'll check it out. We'll see. Oh man. Uh, um. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about that. All right. Uh, I mean, we're not like you said. Maybe one a year. Maybe. Uh, everybody <laughs> should follow us on social media platforms like Instagram and Twitter at tracks pod and great emails go to trackspod at gmail.com and real quick bob where'd you land what was your final rating oh my final rating was a 76 out of 100 and it felt like it could have been higher but even with all this i just want to acknowledge i'm proud of our rating system for even when you have a personal love and bias if you're at least a little considerate it all kind of nudges out which is cool where did That's you end? I'm I'm gonna guess fifty four. I would have been comfortable with that, but I'm actually at a forty six. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Okay, that's not bad. 
I yeah, mean, it's, it's okay. back, but <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, you know, are you, do you have the CD still? Um, yes, I do actually. I don't have the case, but I still have the CD in a CD book. Okay. Um, I don't know where the CD case went. I, I have no CD cases, but I do have a CD book upstairs in my attic. I love so, it. And I know the CD's in there. Um, if I found a cool vinyl copy, sure, definitely add it. But I already own it. Um, will you be adding this to your collection? I'm going to say no. I'm not going to, but it's a cool record. I'm with it. No worries. Uh, everybody, five-star reviews. We're Good night. Good night. <laughs>